Hello, and welcome to the 12th episode of Frank's World. We're getting really close to the season finale. It's actually next episode, so stay tuned for that because it's going to get really interesting and things are going to be changing up a bit. As always, there are background articles, which can be found on behind-it-science.glitch.me, and our Instagram account is at franksworldspod, where we'll, where we'll be doing more content of different types, so be sure to check that out. Okay, now with with all of that out of the way, here's a quick summary of last episode. The team went to Colombia and South America to check out Caño Cristales, a gorgeous river there. The mission was to find and talk to a young man wearing a white shirt and a straw hat. After some complications along the way, they were able to locate him and get the information they needed. Okay, here's the episode. Frank was lounging around the house one afternoon when the phone rang. He sighed and rolled his eyes, not wanting to get up. But after the third ring, he knew he had to. It could be important. He saw it was Lisa calling him. Hello? He said in a groggy voice that suggested it was one of the only times he had gotten up that day. Hey, Frank, replied Lisa in her typical cheery voice. I just had a wonderful idea. I should have you and the rest of the team over for dinner. I was thinking tomorrow would be good. Our missions are coming to an end, and I think it would be a good bonding experience. You're the first one I'm asking, so what do you think? A little dinner party? Sounds great, Lisa, he responded. In all actuality, it didn't sound very great. Frank wasn't one for parties, always hated them, but it would be um, only with the rest of the team, he figured, and they've always been around each other so much anyways. It would be fine. Great, I'll call up Steve and Agent Everett next. See you then. Wait, Lisa, he asked. Yeah? What time will it be? Oh, (laughs) I completely forgot. I was so excited. How about 6.30? 6.30 it is. All right. Bye, Frank. Bye, Lisa. Frank smiled at the phone after it hung up and then went back over to the couch. The next day, he got all ready for the party. He didn't exactly know what the appropriate attire was for something like this, but he got dressed in a nice-looking, yet casual outfit, spending more time on appearance than he usually would, although that's a pretty low bar. Looking at himself in the mirror, he smiled. He was really going to a dinner party between him and his friends. And he was actually excited about it. There was a time not long ago when he would be dreading this, even if if he even went at all. But here he was, and he was excited. He showed up just on time, and Steve was already there. Lisa and Steve greeted Frank in a very friendly manner that he wasn't used to. He was a little awkward, but definitely enjoyed it. They all engaged in some small talk. How have you been? What have you been doing? How are the kids? They've had so many opportunities to talk to each other lately that there seemed like there wasn't much to say. Agent Everett then came in. She looked beautiful, but a little disoriented. She seemed slightly out of breath, and just not her usually naturally poised self. Maybe maybe it was because she hadn't partaken in a lot of the bonding of the team. She was the leader of the team, and stayed out of their personal affairs as much as possible other than her conversations with Frank. But being here in this setting, she was an equal, just another member of the team. Well, now that everybody's here, we can start eating, said Lisa. She brought them over to the dining room table and had them all sit down. Then she brought all the dishes of food over. This looks great, Lisa, commented Steve. Thanks, I hope you guys enjoy. They talked throughout the dinner about everything except for the mission. Lisa and Steve were the main talkers, with Frank contributing a pretty good amount and Agent Everett remaining relatively quiet. Frank took notice of this and tried to incorporate her into the conversations when he could. But the simple truth was that Lisa, Steve, and Frank were friends, and Agent Everett didn't know them like they knew each other. They had inside jokes and references and knew a lot about each other's personal lives. As Frank started including her in the conversations more, Lisa started to also take notice, and once she noticed, she 
made it her mission to make sure Agent Everett felt included. Slowly, Agent Everett started growing much more comfortable with the situation, and she was grateful for their efforts. Once they were done eating, they gathered back on the couch with their glasses of wine. Lisa started talking. I'm really proud of us, guys. I mean, we're doing it. We're saving the world. Everyone silently nodded. I know we're... I know we're not trying to talk about the missions, but I think we should just reflect for a little bit. When we first started this, we had no idea what we were doing. We had no idea if any of our efforts were working at all. Look how far we've come. We know what we're doing, and we've been successful, added in Steve. Oh, you guys have been pretty remarkable, said Agent Everett. It's all been thanks to you, replied Lisa. We definitely wouldn't be here if we didn't have as, an as amazing of a leader as you. You've had such a good handle on the situation and have led us through when we didn't know where to go. A smile was growing on Agent Everett's face. She tried to hide it at first, but gave up. Thanks, Lisa. I appreciate it. Lisa smiled back. Frank contemplated what to say. He didn't want to get too sappy and talk personally about what, what the team had meant to him, so he said in a more broad, simple statement, we're lucky to have a great team. Everyone nodded. Lisa drew in a deep breath. No matter what happens with Mother Nature, we know that we've done our very best. That's what matters. Yeah, but it'd be pretty great to save the world too, replied Steve. Everyone laughed. Cheers, said Lisa, to this room of amazing people and to saving the world. They held their glasses up and cheered. It was a great evening. The next afternoon, the letter arrived. When she first got it, Agent Everett looked down on it with a smile. This was the last mission, or so she hoped. The instructions were contained in this envelope, which she decided not to open until the rest of the team got there. When they arrived, she had them sit in a circle in the meeting room while she read it out loud. They waited in anticipation. The last continent you will be going to is Antarctica. Your mission is to go to Elephant Island and help the penguins there. You have three days. Oh, wow, exclaimed Lisa. That's pretty cool. And she's giving us more time than usual. They were all smiling. The idea of helping penguins was an exciting one to them, probably the most exciting mission they'd ever done. Okay, guys, started Agent Everett. So you should go home and pack. This is a longer trip, so be ready for that. Wait, I'm not sure I have the proper clothes for, you know, Antarctica, said Steve. Oh, yes, I have a surprise for you guys. And knowing that you would be going here and that you probably wouldn't have the most appropriate clothes at home, I, I was able to get you some stuff. She handed them each a big bag, complete with coats and pants and boots and hats and everything they would need for this climate. Oh, wow, thank you so much. We would have been screwed without you, said Lisa. Agent Everett smiled at them, who were looking through their bags like it was Christmas. Do you think... Do you think we should have some sort of plan? asked Frank once, when they had gone through everything. Agent Everett considered this. I think you guys should create a plan tomorrow, on the airplane. You'll have plenty of time. For now, I think you should prepare. They all nodded and got going. And so they started packing. Most of what they needed was already in the bag that Agent Everett had given them, but it was a longer trip so they needed some more stuff. As exciting as it all was, it was kind of scary to be heading to Antarctica. They didn't fully know what to expect. Steve was nervous because he hated cold weather. Lisa was nervous to be so isolated from the rest of the world. Frank was nervous that Antarctica wouldn't live up to his expectations. He had wanted to go since he was younger. Now that he really was going, he hoped it would be just as good as he always thought it to be. They all went to sleep that night and woke up bright and early the next morning. When they arrived, Lisa made the comment, Well, I won't miss that. 
And while it wasn't true that they wouldn't miss having to wake up so early at the time, they were kind of sad that the plane rides were coming to an end. They always had good fun on those plane rides. That's where they got into the deepest and most fun of their conversations, and it was their place of rest after the long missions. It was a bittersweet feeling, knowing they were going to be ending. The last of anything is always bittersweet. As usual, they just relaxed for a while and didn't talk much. They were too tired to get to planning quite yet, so they all did their own thing. It was always so peaceful in these earlier moments before the rest before the restlessness had fully kicked in, but they couldn't wait too long in order to start what they needed to do. They had to make sure it was all figured out before they arrived. Steve was able to find a small table which was sitting in the back area of the plane, and he pulled out a paper and pens which he had brought with him. So how are we going to do this? He asked. We could try to see if there are any conservation groups in the area, suggested Lisa. Then we could try to help them with whatever they're doing. Frank grabbed the laptop that was sitting next to him and inserted conservation groups on Elephant Island into the search bar. There was a group that went there once, but that was years ago, and researchers come sometimes, but only in the summer. No one is there now. Hmm, she responded, pondering. If only we had more time to prepare and get resources, said Frank. I don't know what we're going to be able to do. There's got to be something, replied Steve. She wouldn't send us here with, those, with these time limits if it were impossible. They each fell silent for a few seconds, trying to come up with some way to do this. I have an idea, Lisa finally said. We should try to figure out what kind of penguin lives on Elephant Island. That will give us a more specific idea of what we need to do. And so Frank typed into the search bar again, this time writing, Penguin Species on Elephant Island. It looks like there are Gen 2 and, sh and Chinstrap penguins. Which ones are struggling more? Asked Steve. Uh, said Frank as his fingers quickly typed. Chinstrap penguins. Their numbers have declined the most. Gen 2 populations have remained steady. Then let's focus on chinstrap penguins, said Lisa. How can we help them? Frank continued the click, the click clack of his computer as Steve tried brainstorming. He listed numerous ideas from helping to feed them to removing their predators to completely moving them off the island into another one. Frank shook his head at all of these and explained why they wouldn't work. I think a good way to help them is just to count them, Frank then said. Count them? What will that do? asked Lisa. If we can just take a reasonable census of them and put that into a report, it can be really beneficial to the scientists who study them. We should try to log every single one we find. You really think that'll work? And we can do that? Steve contemplated. I think it's our best bet, replied Frank. And so that was their plan. Now they had to figure out how they were going to do it in time. We won't have time to count every single one in only three days, but even getting a decent start will be a helpful step in the right direction. And the time of the year we're coming here will make it easier for us to count the nests. They won't be so clumped together, he added. He then showed them pictures of the chinstrap penguins in their nests in order to identify them from the rest of the penguins on the island. Once their plane was fully ready, all they could do was wait. After a few more hours, the plane finally landed, but not on Elephant Island. They had to land in they had to land it in a separate location and then take the boat out to the island along with the group there who was able to help them. Once the boat was close enough to the island, they had to get into smaller, inflatable boats and then jump from the boats onto the rocks of the island. It was a difficult journey, at least more difficult than what they were used to, but they made it work. And now they were there, on Elephant Island. When they looked around, they saw a, they saw a lot of ice-covered mountains, but it was beautiful and unlike anything they had ever seen before. Then they saw a big group of penguins. Unfortunately, though, they weren't the penguins they were looking for. 
They were the Gen 2 penguins with their white stripe and red-orange bill. The team walked up to them as close as they could get and observed how cute they are. In all of this excitement, they didn't even really notice the cold, but once they became more settled on the island, the cold really began to sink in. They were really grateful for the clothes Agent Everett had given them, which they had put on the plane. They walked over to um, one of the two human research uh, centers on the island. No one else was there because they usually came during the summer. This gave them the perfect place to set everything up and it was the place where they'd be able to sleep and have some warmth. Then they got all the resources they could and headed out to find some chinstrap penguins. They didn't want to split up too much, but they decided they should split up just a little bit so that they could cover more ground. They made sure to stay within earshot of each other just in case one of them needed to call for help. Finding the nest wasn't too difficult of a task, but Frank was saddened by it. He had read that just a few decades ago the island was teeming with them, and he could clearly see that their numbers had decreased by at least half. Steve and Lisa asked him why this was. He explained to them what he found in his research, which, which was that climate change causes the water to warm and sea ice to decrease. He also found that climate change causes phytoplankton to decrease, which krill depend on, and since penguins depend on krill, it ends up affecting the penguins too. Lastly, ocean acidification, of course caused by climate change, makes it harder for them to reproduce. Reading about these impacts was sad enough, but it was even more heart-wrenching to be able to see it for themselves. These penguins were suffering due to the greed of humans. It was a lot to bear, but learning this new information made the team even more motivated to help the penguins. The three days passed by. Somehow the days felt slow, but the trip as a whole felt very quick. Observing the penguins and collecting data on them was gratifying and exciting work, but the harsh conditions of the island, especially the cold weather, made it all the more difficult. As they took their final steps through the island, they looked around them one last time. They knew this was a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and they probably would never be in a, back in a place like this. The never-ending sheets of snow and ice would be gone forever. They didn't stay for too long, though, because they mostly just wanted to get back to warmth. They came out the same way they came in, by getting into smaller boats until they could get into the larger one. It was a relief to be amongst other people again. They didn't feel so isolated anymore. The crew brought them back to where the plane was waiting for them, and as soon as it as, and as soon as it was in view, Lisa ran to it as quickly as she could. When Steve and Frank finally made their way in, they could see her already cuddled up with a blanket and taking in all the warmth. It was so relieving to be in a place with heating again. They sat down and immediately all fell asleep. The work they were doing was hard, and they didn't get good nights of sleep, so they were exhausted. Frank was the first one to wake back up. He sat in silence for a while until the next person woke up, which was Lisa. I sure hope we did enough to help them, she said after stretching. Unfortunately, I'm not sure if it'll ever be enough. We got things going for them, but it's a complex issue. There'll, there'll need to be big systemic change in order to slow the rate of global warming. That's what it all leads back to. Until there's necessary change, they will always be threatened. Every animal is. Sorry, that was intense, he replied. I know what you meant. Hopefully, it will be enough for Mother Nature's standards. I think we did a lot for the time and resources we had. She stared at him for a few seconds before saying, yeah, climate change is such an important issue. It makes me so sad to see how it's hurting all the nature that we've been enjoying so much. I wish there was more we could do. Steve had just awoken when she said this, so he said half asleep, yeah. Lisa and Frank giggled, and they spent most of the time the rest of the trip in silence. But as this mission was ending, another worry was coming into their heads. What would happen next? This was the last of the missions. What now? Was Mother Nature going to hear them out? How would they even convince her? What if it was all for nothing? This was a lot to think about, and they were too tired to try to take it all in. That was a future issue for a future day, but not for right now. 
When the plane landed, they headed straight to the office to tell Agent Everett everything. She, she congratulated them on a successful mission and told them that they would be meeting again in two days, but for now they should just rest. Still exhausted, they headed home. Lisa was feeling proud of what they were able to accomplish, but weary about if it was enough. Steve was feeling nervous about what the future held. Frank was feeling grief about climate change and all the animals that it would damage, but it was all made better by the fact that they were done and that they were, hopefully, right on the cusp of saving the world. That's the end of the episode for this week. Next week will be the season finale and a lot of stuff will be going down, so be sure to stay tuned for that. I hope you enjoyed listening. Thank you!